So hello listeners and welcome to another edition of Come and See Inspirations being produced at our Come and See studio here in Ada, County Limerick in Ireland. My name is John Keeley. A very special welcome to our listeners who are housebound, lonely and struggling in some way today. Our weekly podcasts include interviews, chats on faith topics, inspirational music and reading and reflecting on the Sunday Gospel. All of our podcasts can be listened uh, to at Come and See Inspirations at buzzpread.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. You, we can also be listened to on Spotify, iTunes and many other podcast platforms. And also, of course, on our Come and See Inspirations page. We can be contacted by email at comeandseeinspirations at gmail.com or text on 00353 that's 00353 for those outside of Ireland, 87-6088-667. Now, each week I'm joined by my colleague Shane Ambrose, the, the researcher of the podcast here on Come and See Inspirations. Hi, Shane. How are things today? Good morning, John. How are we doing? We're good. Thanks for staying with us, Shane. And, of course, most a lot of listeners, you, you, you do have a fan club uh, for a certain part of the programme in terms of saints for the week. They can be very interesting from time to time. So to start with this week... Who are you going to share with us this week, please? Yes. Now, before I jump into the Saints this week, a uh, couple of other things I want to draw people's attention to, right? Okay. So, uh, last weekend, I can't believe you forgot us on last week's program, but <laughs> I kind of realized during uh, last week's podcast, I kind of realized during the week, we forgot to mention the fact that last weekend, the Pope was op- formally opening the synodal process. So, this is this whole global consultation that the Holy Mother Church is undertaking. Um, now, we will have um, a discussion about it uh, in a few weeks' time. Um, I'm not sure yet. We're going to get someone on to talk to us about what is the Synod from the point of view of Rome and the National Synod of Pat in Ireland and all the rest of it. But just I just thought it was an interesting one that uh, to mention that that was last weekend in Rome, in St. Peter's. And as far as I'm aware, it was one of the first papal ceremonies where there was pretty much full... It um, wasn't quite 100% attendance in terms of uh, capacity, but it was up there. It was one of the bigger ones uh, since the whole COVID thing had started. The other thing just to draw people's attention to was the Irish Conference of Bishops had their general their, their meeting during, during the last couple of weeks. And just a couple of things to draw people's attention to. First of all, the bishops are going on pilgrimage to Knock in November, and they are going to have a mass in memory of all who died on the island of Ireland during the pandemic. And it's been celebrated on Sunday, the 14th of November at three o'clock. So, and it's obviously, you know, it'll be subject to whatever restrictions are in, in place, if any, at this stage, of course, at that stage, of course, but for those that can't get to Knock, it's all it will be live streamed on the Knock Shrine um, website, and also it's also going to be on the RTE News Now digital television channel. So that's the one. I, I in our house, it's I think it's plus twenty one. I think is the station. That's, I'm not I'm not sure what it is for most people. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. So that's just so that's the fourteenth of November at three o'clock. So that's the bishops are going on pilgrimage to to knock. Then, um, as well as that, then there was also they discussed COP twenty six. So in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to have Jane Mellet back on with us from Trokra 
to discuss and explain to us what is COP26, which is meeting our world leaders in Glasgow um, on, on climate change. And that's starting on the 31st of October. But Jane is going to be back on to talk to us about that. Um, and then uh, just to say as well that we're going to talk about World Mission Sunday, which is next week, the 24th of October. So we're going to talk about that in part two of the programme. But just to say that it is going to be broadcast on RT at 11 a.m. on the 24th of October from the studios in Dublin. Uh, just in passing news, we had nine new students even uh, began their studies for the priesthood for Irish dioceses. Um, so they're being they're studying in Dundalk, um, uh, sorry Dundalk, uh, the Royal English College in Spain, the Royal Co Co Scots College in Salamanca in Spain, and plus Minute as well. So that all that's the nine includes those that have gone on for full studies at Minute, plus those that are doing the preparatory year, which all seminarians have to do now as well. Uh, also, just to draw people's or uh, remind people that uh, last week's program or last week's podcast, we had Rose O'Connor and Michael Kelly on from Limerick Diocese. So just to remind people about the pastoral programs for autumn 2021. And just for you to have a look and see if you want to get involved with each of those. So it's on the Diocesan website and if you want to refer back to last week's podcast. Uh, and then in addition to that, I just want to give a shout out to a good friend of ours. Uh, that's Noreen Lynch. Now, people remember Noreen's been a good friend of podcast for many years with myself and John. And Noreen is after taking up a new post in County Clare. She is going to be the director of the FCJ Spirituality House in Spanish Point. And they're looking at ways and means that they're going to develop their gift, the, the charism of hospitality and so on and so forth around that particular facility. But just there are two upcoming events just to draw people's attention to. The first one is on the 6th of November, and it's which is a Saturday, and it's called Resilience Through Story with Maria Gillen. Um, who's an Irish storyteller and she works in drama therapy and she's the storyteller in residence with Perry's Writers Museum. And it's from 10 to 4 p.m. in Spanish Point and it's focusing on how story and our stories can teach us about resilience and hope in our lives. And a light lunch is being provided. So if you want to check it out, it's the um, Facebook of the FCJ uh, Spirituality House is where you get that information. The second one, just to draw listeners' attention to, is on the 13th of November, which again is a Saturday, and it runs from 2 to 5 p.m., and it's an introduction to centering prayer. Uh, the day is called Stillness by the Sea with Sister Fanula Quinn, who's a Dominican sister, and she has been working in contemplative outreach in Dublin since 2007 as well. So for both of those, um, so it's four talks, two uh, and two online group sessions to, uh, afterwards as well. So that one is on the 13th of November. So that's the FCJ Spirituality House in Spanish Point. And if anyone asks, you can tell Noreen we sent you along. Uh, so then in terms of saintly news uh, during the week, um, what caught my eye actually on Wednesday was the announcement from Rome that the beatification of John Paul I is going to proceed. So the Pope of 33 days. So Pope Francis has uh, issued a decree recognizing a miracle attributed to the intercession of John Paul I. 
and which obviously then clears the way for his beatification, so it's the step before canonization. So uh, John Paul I, he served only his 33 days. He died in 1978, so that was the year of the three popes, and he was the second one. Uh, he died at the age of 65, he was quite young, and um, it's, it's, it, the approved miracle involves a young girl in Buenos Aires in Argentina who had quite a number of things and was given up to, to die, and it was a miraculous recovery, including septic shock. Um, no date has been announced for the beatification ceremony, um, but he's, you know, people remember him as the smiling pope. He was known as the smiling pope. And his papal motto was humility, which is an interesting one. Of course, his, his proper name he was Albino Luciani, and he was an Italian, and he was born in 1912. And he was ordained a priest in 1935, and he was the Patriarch of Venice when he was elected pontiff in 1978. Um, so just that's an interesting one I taught, John, that uh, that's been approved. A, a very popular choice, I'd say, amongst the, the lay faithful. Yes, we'll have to. Yes, indeed. We'll wait and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So now back to the all things liturgical and the calendar liturgical. So this week we're on the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So we're uh, for those who's prayed the Psalter, we're on week one. Um, so feast day on Monday the 18th is the feast day of St. Luke the Evangelist. So very much of course, associated with the writer as the writer of the Gospel of St. Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. Generally understood to have been... Um, a, a, a non-Jew, so he, his gospel is written for a Greek or non-Jewish, a Gentile audience. Um, one of the earliest converts to Christianity, tradition holds that he was a doctor or a physician, uh, maybe as uh, a painter. So there are a number of very famous icons which are attributed to his, his skill. Um, the tradition has it that he met, he he worked with St. Paul in Greece and Rome, including the, the, earth, the earthquakes as I, the shipwreck for Paul under, in, went under, under, endured at Malta. And he stayed in Rome for Paul's two years in prison. Uh, so very much the gospel is presented from his own experience, from the witness of the apostles, and obviously from Paul's perspective as well. So he died, or tradition holds, he died in the year 74 AD in Greece. Uh, and his relics are at Padua in Italy. He's the patron saint of artists, bachelors, butchers, doctors, uh, goldsmiths, painters, physicians, doctors, I said, uh, surgeons, and unmarried men. So um, if that's St. That's Luke, who we celebrate on the 18th of uh, October. The 19th of October, is the feast day of St. John de Brebeuf and Isaac Young with their six Jesuit companions. Now, these are also called the Martyrs of North America or the Canadian Martyrs. So basically, there were six, sorry, two priests and six lay brothers, all of whom were Jesuits. And they were in the area between New York and Canada. And they were murdered by, or they were martyred uh, by some of the local tribes people between 1648 and 1647, uh, sorry, 1647 and 1648. Um, so they were canonized in 1930 by Pius XI. So they're so some of the saints of North America. Then on Wednesday the 20th, we have the feast day of St. Aidan of Mayo. 
Uh, all we know about him is that he was an 8th century Bishop of Mayo and he died in 768. So that's all we know. Uh, then Thursday is an interesting one, John. Thursday, the 21st of October is the feast day. The one I picked out was Blessed Charles of Austria, or otherwise known as Charles of Habsburg. Uh, he's one of the Habsburg's family, the, the family that ruled the Austro-Hungarian Empire and one of the Holy Roman Emperors. He was the son of Archduke Otto and Princess Maria Josephine of Saxony. He was the great nephew of the last emperor, Francis Joseph. Um, and he's an interesting guy because he, with, I suppose, he's, 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 he became the heir to the throne of the Austro-Hungarian Empire in 1914. And then he became the emperor in 1916. But obviously, at the end of the First World War, the Austro-Hungarian Empire was broken up. And he was exiled to Switzerland in 1919. And then he ended up spending the rest of his life pretty much in exile on the island of Madeira in Portugal. Of, and he died in 1922. Now, he was, he's blessed, he's on the way for canonization because very much his strong devotion to the Holy Eucharist and the Sacred Heart. Uh, himself and his wife, Princess Zita, they had eight children. And he was also very much involved in trying to end the war and was involved with the peace efforts of the Pope at the time, Benedict XV. Um, and they eventually, he ended up eventually living out his life, himself and his wife, in what was called prayerful poverty. So he died in 1922 and he was beatified in 2004. Um, and he, the beatification miracle for him actually was the cure of metastatic breast cancer in a woman in Florida, which is an interesting one. So that's Blessed Charles of Austria. Then on Friday, we have one of the heavy hitters, John. It's John Paul II. Feast day is celebrated on Friday the 22nd. Uh, obviously, of course, the he was the... You know, Pontiff uh, from 1978 to 19, sorry, 2005. Uh, one of the longer serving popes, obviously born Karl Wojtyla in, in Poland, uh, was uh, called to the priesthood during the Second World War and ministered as a parish priest in Krakow Diocese from 1948 to 1951. And then he became Auxiliary Archbishop of Krakow in 1958. And ultimately, uh, he was uh, made the Archbishop of Krakow. Um, obviously, of course, then he was called to the papacy in 1978 and was the first non-Italian pope since Adrian VI. And he's regarded as one of the most traveled popes in history, having visited nearly every country in the world. Um, he obviously very much huge devotion to Fatima. And he consecrated the, of the world, consecrated the world to Mary in union with all the bishops of the Catholic Church, and are very much involved with promoting and looking at the teachings around Mary in the church. It's very much seen as a Marian pope. Um, so he died, as we know, in the year two thousand five in Rome, and died of natural causes, as in, as and is interred in St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. So that's John Paul II. And then finally, John, on Saturday, we have the feast day of St. John of Capistrano, who died in 1456. He was a studied civil and canon law and joined the Franciscans. A faithful servant of four popes, he attended the Council of Florence, 
went to Jerusalem as an apostolic emissary and in 1451 set out on a preaching tour through the German provinces and Poland. And in a battle at Belgrade, he contracted fever and died. And he's the patron saint of jurists and military chaplains. So that's what we have, John, in terms of this week's liturgical odds and ends. Thanks for that, Shane. Just a, just one comment on that. Um, you did mention uh, through your reflection there uh, that these are the saints you picked. So, I mean, obviously there's a choice of saints to pick for any given day. Oh, yes. So when, when I'm working through the calendar, I just pick one out, but you could have up to 50 listed on the day. Well, well. Yeah, so I, I just pick one because we don't have time to do every one. <laughs> <laughs> because when you're, looking, when you're looking at the calendar, John, you have to remember, we have what's called the general or the universal calendar, which is everywhere, obviously. Uh, uh. But you will also have local calendars. Local one, so, yeah. for example, we have a national calendar in Ireland, so there are specific, specific saints on the Irish national calendar that are nowhere else. And then even within um, within the Irish calendar, you might have local saints. So for example, uh, some of the Limerick saints would be listed, wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily list on the, on the Irish calendar. And then on top of that, then um, you would have say, for example, the Dominicans or the Salesians yeah. or the Redemptorists, they have saints within their religious families, so they will have their calendar of those dates as well. But just it varies a small bit. I tell you, some interesting people you come across there, Shane, no doubt. I mean, some of them that require breakfast warnings and other ones. Yeah, Indeed, there's so there's no there. breakfast warnings this week. No, okay. Well, there could, have, there could have been, but I didn't go into the market. You give us a break. Days, so. Thanks for that. Okay, so um, t- today's programme, um, actually, we'll be focusing around mission. I know Mission Sunday, I think, is next Sunday, the 24th, I think it is. Yeah. But due to our planning around here, we, we just had to bring this forward. So that in mind, um, we said we'd pick a missionary prayer as a, a part of our prayer space today. And this one is taken from um, a good friend, Saint Ignatius of Loyola, which is entitled, Go Forth and Set the World on Fire. You have fed me your word, and set me forth to love and serve. A missionary you've called me to be, even in my smallness and sin. You chose me to sing the song of your love, the hymn of your mercy, the anthem of your justice. Guide my path, Lord. Send me among the people you've made, whether across the globe or across the street. Give me the grace to be welcomed in and the courage to stand out. May my, may, my, may my words compel as they invoke your spirit. May my acts shine as they demonstrate your faithfulness. Though I may fall to help me to rise again, doing your will always. And when I depart, may I say, that one was different. That one knew the Lord. Amen. That's the prayer we said we'd, we'd uh, share with our listeners this morning. A missionary prayer entitled Go Forth and Set the World on Fire by Ignatius Loyola. So as usual, at this part of the, uh, our podcast, we usually go for our um, first bit of music. And this morning, one we picked that we played it a number of times before, it's a favourite of mine anyway. This one is entitled The Deer's Cry, this time sung by Angelina. So come back and join us in part two, where we'll have a reflection on and missions and all to do with missions. Come back and join us again in part two. Today, through the strength of. 
Welcome back again to the second part of our podcast here in Come and See Inspirations. Uh, my name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And this week, as I mentioned there, as we left uh, part one of the program, we'd be speaking about missions. And maybe to start us off with that, Shane, have you got some thoughts you'd like to 
first of all share with us in terms of missions and Mission Sunday? Yeah, so Mission Sunday is a week's time. It's the 24th. It's the 24th of October. So um, it's a bit confusing, actually, in October, because October is dedicated, firstly, it's the month of the Rosary. But secondly, it's also the month dedicated to the missions, because Mission Sunday generally falls in the month of October. Mm -hmm. So what is Mission Sunday? What's it all about? So Mission Sunday, World Mission Sunday, is an annual appeal by, well, basically by the Holy Father, so that work of the overseas missions can continue. And it's one of the three yearly universal church collections that are taken up. So it's there with Peter's Pence and with the collection taken up on Good Fridays for the Holy Places and the Holy Land. And uh, it's basically, it's a collection that's taken up and the funds are transferred to Rome. So for World Mission Sunday, it's administered by what used to be called Propaganda Fide. It's um, the dicastery for propagation of the faith. I, yeah, I, everyone keeps calling it Propaganda Fide. I don't know its new name. Um, and it's basically, it's not just, you know, it's not just, you know, done in Ireland. This is a global appeal that's taken up. Now, it's not just financial either. Uh, and I think that's something that needs to be stressed very much, particularly in the current climate. Um, it's an appeal. Yes, it is an appeal for financial help, but it's also for spiritual support. Um, and I suppose it's a reminder to us that those that are on the missions can sometimes be in situations which is quite isolating, uh, isolated, uh, maybe intimidating and at times dangerous. Um, you know, in particular at the moment, we think of, particularly on the Sahel at the moment, we're talking countries like Mali, Niger, Nigeria, South Sudan, um, where there's been recent conflict again. So, you know, it's very much, I suppose, kind of giving strength that to the missionary, to missionaries and people on the mission, that, you know, the, the greater faith community is thinking of them. Um and it's 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 each of us, no matter what our circumstances are, you know, we can give some support. Um, I suppose it's important because anything, any collection that's taken up on, on Mission Sunday goes what's known to the to the Holy Father's Universal Solidarity Fund. And this offers a lifeline for missionaries and the communities they serve in countries um, and where there's over a thousand to thousand one hundred missionary dioceses. Uh, often these are young dioceses, they're just getting set up. Um, you know, the areas devastated by war or, or natural disasters, or they could be in parts of the world where you could actually face quite dangerous circumstances for being a Christian. And what it does is the funding helps give missionaries the financial and spiritual assistance they need to support the communities. Um, now, I myself have been worked in a situation we were at the receiving end of some of the funding from from what was then called propaganda feeded the, the mission sunday collections so people may re remember i worked uh for three years in uganda and we the diocese that i was with we got funders funding from propaganda fide and it was very much around formation of our catechists and also uh the setup of what were called outstations so these would be small centers out from the main parish center so outstations or uh we, we used to call them where maybe there might be a small simple structure built that was used as a church used as a community hall used as a school um you know so it that's that's some of the stuff that it goes to um and it's interesting 
uh, this year, the the focus or the example that's given, you know, the way they, they focus on a, a person or an event, an event to kind of to get so that people can understand what's happening. So this year, Missio Ireland, which is the is the organization that looks after it and coordinates, coordinates it in Ireland, is um is 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 they're they're running the campaign or they're the reminder for people. Now people say Missio, Missio, what is that? So Missio Ireland just explained the organization, first of all. It used to be called World Mission, World Mission um Ireland or Miss uh, and it's one, it's the official it's official Irish member of the Pontifical Missionary Societies. So there's a couple of those. And the name Missio, Missio, it will be a lot more commonly known to our neighbours on the continent because it's the brand that they would have been used on the continent going back for many, many, many years. Uh, so they've taken that brand in Ireland. So you'll see the logo, it's, it's Missio Ireland, and they've also started to use it in the UK as well. So they organise Mission Sunday in Ireland. And this year, the 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 whole thing is the theme. This year is we cannot remain si- We cannot remain silent. We cannot but speak about what we have seen and heard, which is taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter four, verse twenty, which is the theme for the day. But the focus, the example that's given up to us this year, is actually in Nigeria itself, and is a focus on a missionary sister called Sister Veronica Onyenesi, uh, who's a missionary sister of Our Lady of Apostles, an OLA and some of the community that she works with in northern Nigeria. And in particular, there's some fabulous uh, YouTube videos that are, been, that are up there on the Misio websites, both Misio Ireland and also Misio UK, which show the work in particular that Sister Veronica does, and in particular with the Mothers for Peace initiative in Kadona in northwestern Nigeria. And it's, um, it's an initiative which provides more than just practical help for victims, but also psychological support for things that they have, you know, they, they have, they've gone through. And it works very much on a cross-community basis. So it's very much in Nigeria that can be, because it's a very large Christian community, a very large Muslim community, if there's community conflict, it can very quickly become religious conflict. So it works on promoting peace across the religious divides as well. So it's, there's some lovely there's some lovely videos there, um, in particular of what the work that they do and the support that's given uh, to to people that are caught up in that kind of communal violence. Um, so Mission Sunday always falls on the second last Sunday in October, and the very much the theme which comes very much from the Pope's message for for World Mission Day. Uh, as I said, is that line from the Acts of the Apostles. We cannot remain silent. We cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. And it's the reminder to us, I suppose, that Christianity is a message to be shared. You know, it's the good news that has to be shared. It's a message of hope. Very much focused on the fact that Jesus Christ is risen and we cannot keep his compassion, his love and mercy to ourselves. It's also very much challenging us to stand up and speak on behalf of those whose voices are too small to be heard. Um, you know, and also, I suppose, looking for willing hearts that will go to places that others may fear to tread. Um, you know, but it's not just the responsibility of those that actually go overseas, the, you know, the missionaries, as we used to call them. Uh, each, and, each and every one of us has a potential to be champions for those who are weaker. And though we have a responsibility not to remain silent. And, you know, so it's it's. 
it's very much something I suppose to think about and to reflect on this Sunday as we as we are next Sunday, the twenty twenty fourth of October. And you know, it's not easy. You know, um, it's not easy. Our own times are not easy. The pandemic has very much brought to the fore and amplified the pain, the solitude, poverty, and injustices experienced by so many people, which is what Pope Francis reflects on in his message for Mission Sunday. And it's very much to unmask our false sense of security and reveal the brokenness and polarization quietly growing in our midst. But for our part, we have to remind ourselves in our communities and in our families, we can hear the powerful message of life that echoes in our hearts and proclaims, he is not here, but has risen. And this message of hope, I suppose, is one that we have to let touch our hearts and which can bestow freedom and boldness on us. And that kind of encounter that we are encouraged to share with others. Um, you know, there's a temptation, I suppose, to, to for indifference and apathy because of social distancing and all the rest of it. But very much we, what the theme for this year reminds us is, you know, we have experienced this mercy. And so we have to become a point of reference for it. We have to be able to share it. And we're called very much to build a community of belonging and solidarity um, worthy of our time, our energy and our resources. Very much like the apostles and the first Christians, we are reminded we cannot but speak, but we have about, but about we cannot but speak about what we have seen and heard. And it's an invitation very much to each of us, a summons is how Pope Francis actually describes it. And he reminds us that mission has always been the hallmark of the church for she exists to evangelize. Um, by its very nature, the life of faith calls for a growing openness to embracing everyone and everywhere. Uh, and I suppose it's just very much a reminder to us that we all have that responsibility. Um, and as the Pope says, we know we recall with gratitude all those men and women who by their testimony of life help us to renew our baptismal commitment to be generous and joyful apostles of the gospel. So I suppose the first thing on this Sunday is, from an Irish point of view, we should remember our missionaries. Um, those that are still on the mission, of course, both uh, religious, clergy, and lay people. But we should also remember those that have died, that were, you know, you know that those that have gone before us, as we say, gone before us, marked the sign of faith. Because I suppose it's very much part of our history as a country. We have a very much a, a history of immigration in this country and outward. And some of the greatest ambassadors that we have ever had have been the missionaries that have gone overseas. And it's very much I support, it's very much a part of our history, our social history, our cultural history that's often ignored when people talk about the contribution of, of faith and the church in Irish society. And in particular, there is, there's very few families, I would say, or very few communities in Ireland that don't have a history of people on the missions. Uh, I know in my own parish in Shannon Golden, um, we have we had some great missionaries over the years um, in terms of Father John Cribbon in, in Brazil, Father John Danny is a Jesuit, uh, my own uncle John Ambrose, um, there's the and uh, Father Dan O'Malley. There was so many, and the sisters, of course, in particular. There was a lot of sisters that, you know, that sometimes the unsung sisters. And it was interesting, John, I was watching the other night, you know, the way really in the years is going on at the moment. And the current one that they were repeating is, uh, I think it's 1968, 1969. So it's focusing on the conflict in Biafra in Nigeria as well. 
And it was just interesting that it showed that those that broke blockades were Irish missionaries, both clergy, but also the Holy Rosary sisters. And, you know, for me, it was just, you know, I was just watching it. You were just kind of going, it made you proud to be Irish, you know, watching that, that, you know, and, but it's also something that needs to be acknowledged given everything in terms of the history of, of the church in Ireland over the last number of years and what's come out. Sometimes it's good to remind ourselves of the good contribution that it has made to, to Irish life and Irish people. So I suppose to be a mission is to be on mission is to be willing to think as Christ does, to believe with him that those around us are also my brothers and sisters. May his compassionate love touch our hearts and make us all true missionary disciples. That is, I suppose, the message from Pope Francis on this World Mission Sunday. So for those of you that want to support us, of course, the contributions will be taken up via uh, masses. And for those that want to go, if you want to contribute online, if you go to www.missio, M-I-S-S-I-O, that's missio.ie. And um, it's, as I said, you that's missio.ie or missio.org or missio.uk. Uh, or of UK for those that might be listening in the United Kingdom. So that's what we have, John, this week in terms of Mission Sunday. Shane, well done. Thanks a lot indeed for, for sharing that, um, those thoughts with us. And, and hopefully um, we will remember when we get the opportunity uh, in a week's time, maybe to show our appreciation for what the people have done, our members of our own family over the years in, in helping them out financially. But of course, just as importantly in terms of our prayer. So now we'll go for our second piece of music. Shane, what piece of music did you want us to play this morning? It was a, it was one that I hadn't heard for some time. Is it the Lord's Prayer in Swahili? Yes. So this one, I decided to go a bit different this week. So uh, because it's, as I do, uh, because it's mission, we're, we're talking about Mission Sunday, I said, do you know what, we go for some key Swahili which is the language of a lot of countries in East Africa. And the piece is called Babayetu. And uh, it is, Babayetu is the Our Father. So it's a lovely, it's a lovely choral rendition. Now it's not, it's not an African rendition. It's a, it's a piece that was written for orchestra and choir. Uh, but I just thought it was a nice piece to have on this morning when we, or this piece of podcast when we were talking about
So welcome back again to the third part of our podcast here on Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. I'm still joined by Shane Ambrose. And thanks again, Shane, for sharing those thoughts with us on Mission Sunday coming up next Sunday. But this is the part of the program where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. Prior to that, Shane, praise this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the gospel we have for today, for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Mark, and is chapter 10, verse 35 to 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached Jesus. Master, they said to him, we want, we want you to do us a favor. He said to them, what is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Allow us to sit one at your right hand and the other on your left, in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I must drink, or be baptized with the baptism with which I must be baptized? They replied, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I must drink, you shall drink. With the baptism with which I must be baptized, you shall be baptized. But as for the seats at my right hand or my left these are not mine to grant they belong to those to whom they have been allotted when the other ten heard heard this they began to feel indignant with James and John so Jesus called them to him and said to them you know that among the pagans the so called rulers lorded over them and their great men make their authority felt this is not to happen among you now anyone who wants to become great among you must be your servant And anyone who wants to be first among you must be slave to all. For the Son of Man himself did not come to serve, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's the Gospel for today, the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Shane, you might start us off with a thought, please. Sure, John. So, um, this week's Gospel, I suppose, is an interesting one. Um, (laughs) James and John... 
I, I kind of, you know what, you'd be sitting there. Now, the, the issue the issue of James and John and where they sit, it's actually in a couple of the synoptics. So the consensus would be that something must have happened. There must have been some kind of conversation where they tried to do this. Um, in, in this gospel, they do it themselves. And another one of the gospels, I think it's Luke, it's their mother asks the place that, you know, her sons can sit at the right hand of Jesus. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's an interesting one. Now, of course, looking at it, what's happened is, you know, the lads have said, well, we'll do what you need to do. And Jesus turns out and says, well, you'll do it, but I can't promise you of the rewards because it's not my gift to give. So you'd be kind of going, have they just walked themselves into an ordinary Irish protocol? <laughs> so, you know, but um, I suppose for, for us on this, I suppose on this uh, Sunday gospel reflection, I suppose the thing that would strike you about that particular piece is the question, can we follow, um, can you drink the cup that I must drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I must be baptized? That's the question that's put to them. Um, and that's the question that's put to all of us in terms of um, the promises that are made to us as Christians, which is that, you know, eternal life is is there for us, but it comes. It's not. It's not an entitlement. You know, it's not a right that we have. But you know, or you could look at it as a right, the right to eternal life. But with it comes responsibility as a Christian. And one of the things that strikes me more and more about conversation and public discourse at the moment is everyone knows their rights. You hear very few people talking about their responsibilities. Um, you know, and that's something maybe that we could think about or reflect on as we reflect on this Sunday's gospel. The second part of it, of course, is very much that bit where Jesus calls the disciples to themselves and reminds them, you know, that no one, anyone who, who wants to become great among you must be your servant. And anyone who wants to be first amongst you must, must be slave to all. For the Son of Man himself did not come to, serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's very much, I suppose, one of the key things in terms of understanding what it is that Christianity talks about, which is this idea of Jesus as the servant leader. The idea that we are called not to lord it over people, that we're called to be servants to each other that we're called to be open and out there to help, assist, and be gentle with each other, to be humble with each other. And the problem with that, of course, is so often that's the last thing that people actually do that call themselves Christians. And that's part of the problem, kind of. That's part of the challenge that's out there. And in particular, let's be honest about it, in an Irish context, it's one of the biggest options obstacles that's there because people will turn around to members of the church members of the clergy for example and kind of say well it's all well and good you talking about being servant leaders when you used to dictate everything and we used to get the old belt of crozier um you know so it's it's it it is it was contradictory let's call a spade a spade let's say what it was and what it wasn't and you know there is a question or there's a question to be asked you know in terms of the understanding of christianity and our the way we present it and of course, the difficulty with that is because that was the experience of certain people, 
that's their understanding of what Christianity is about. And it's not, let's be honest. Like Jesus's message this Sunday is, it's, it's fairly, in one sense, it's fairly straightforward, you know. He says, you know, you know that among the pagans, their so-called rulers lord it over them and their great man, men make their authority felt. This is not to happen among you. And it's, it's, it's now let's, let's be fair. We're not necessarily here saying that it should be anarchy and a free for all. And there doesn't need to be, you know, um, civil authority and so on and so forth. But it's more the approach that we take to life and how we deal with others that's called into question. And the fact that Christianity by its very nature challenged this idea of macho or machismo or the idea of, you know, that kind of Darwinian idea that's out there that oh, it's, it's the only the strongest will survive. It's the, you know, the, the, the strongest is and the weak will perish. Christianity takes that whole idea and turns it on its head. By its very nature, it said, you know, the, the poor will prosper. If you think of the Beatitudes, you know, um, it, it's completely turning the understanding of the world on its head. And that's one of the things, I suppose, that's out there in terms of the counter-cultural nature of Christianity. You know, where Christianity is in a situation where it seems to be kind of the law of the land, for a better term, or for the, the, the cultural norm, there is a problem. Because that's Christianity, by its very nature, should be challenging us. It should be making us uncomfortable. Uh, in like, and there's nothing comfortable about it in terms of, uh, you know, servant leadership or serve as as it's called, and it's very much, I suppose, something that's been picked up in an Irish context at the moment, um, trying to reimagine what it is to be community, to be a praying community, and to be the role of leadership in a praying community, and in particular in a Limerick context, we're looking at that through the whole clustering. Uh, pastoral units and the involvement of lay people, what it means to be servant leaders to each other. Um, so very topical gospel this week, can be very thought-provoking gospel this week, John. Um, a question for each of us in terms of where are we in terms of our relationship with others. And for those of us that are in positions where we are leading others or in positions of authority, it's very much a question of asking us, well, what is our way of doing that? What is our style? What is our approach? And asking ourselves some very profound questions. How do we treat people, particularly those who we are expected to show leadership to and who we are guiding in whatever capacity in life? Thank you very much, Nate, for those few thoughts. When I was reading, uh, just refer- reflecting on the gospel today, and I, I really I got caught in the first part of the part of the gospel, where the two boys, um, James and John, came to Jesus and said, "We want you to do us a favor." And many of us have often done that. And Jesus comes back and he said, "What is it you want me to do for you?" And I got stuck at that, and I said, "What would my what would my, what what would my answer be?" If and asking Jesus the question, he came back to me and said, "Well, what do you want me to do?" If I really thought about it and took some time to reflect on it. And as I was doing that, and I, I, as you know, from time to time, I, I take a look at uh, Michael Vertai, his thoughts on 
on various aspects of the gospel. And this one I like this morning, and it's some it goes somewhere to answering the question that I that I had in my mind. He said, "Lord, we remember with gratitude the spiritual journey we've made. At first, we were like the sons of Zebedee, very anxious to become loyal and do great things for you. Truly, we did not know what we were asking." You did not reject us, but rather guided us gently. Some of us through prayer and Bible reading, others through a guide who was Jesus for us. You made us understand that spiritual growth is setting out on the path of Jesus, drinking whatever cup of suffering you send us, and entering the deep waters as he did. As the challenge came, we said, yes, and we certainly took, and you certainly took us at our word. Today we find that we are not interested in, in success of any kind. We know that sitting at your right hand, or at your left in your glory, is not something that any of us, that anyone can give us, or that we can earn for your, for ourselves. And we leave that to you, to allot to whatever you will. So I thanks, um, my thanks goes to Michael Vertai because he certainly prompts me to think uh, each week by, this, by the little comments that he makes and little reflections that he makes. And this week, I suppose, for me anyway, I could go back again and think about how I'd answer Jesus. What is it you want me to do for you? But that about brings us to the end of our podcast time today. Thanks again, Shane, for, for joining us. And the piece of music we'll go out with this morning. This time it's by the Maranatha Band, and this one is entitled The Servant Song. So for myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us for this podcast. Join us again next week at the same place. Come and see inspirations.buzzsprout.com. In the meantime, have a good week. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye now.
me be as Christ to you. Pray that I might have the grace to let you be my servant.